this is why we have the best fans in the world. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Lucia. And this is our 232nd episode of Talk Direction. And we're actually recording only three days after we recorded the last episode. And today we're doing a double episode recording, meaning next week's episode is also being recorded today. Um, And we're doing that because I'm moving to Boston to start medical school and I have so much stuff left to do. I'm like honestly so stressed about it today. And Aww. my mom's like taken off time from work. And <laughs> I like wanted to be able to spend a ton of time with her. And now I'm like, I'm still going to have to be packing because I'm certainly not going to get everything done that I need to get done. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to not like get my like stress up too much, but I can totally feel it coming on. Oh, yeah. What day um, are you supposed to be moving? Uh, next Monday, so a week from today. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so which, like, is enough time to pack, but it's like my mom's taking off time from work, so <laughs> I should have right? been more <laughs> on top of things. Well, maybe she can help you pack, and you guys can hang out that way. Yeah, I mean, that's always my dream, to have people help me pack. Like, I really enjoy <laughs> doing sort of, like, house, house homebody type stuff with people. Ugh, but, me too. Um, yeah, I don't know. Especially when it revolves around me. <laughs> like, that's very enjoyable for me. Uh, yeah. There's definitely been times like, like when I have been like having a hard time or I've been like depressed where my mom's like come over while I do laundry just to like hang out with me mm, while I like yes. fold my laundry. <laughs> it's so nice. Like I love that do- domesticity and like both if you're the person being helped or if you're the person helping someone else like it's so nice like I've helped other people do boring tasks but somehow it's easier to help other people than to do your own boring tasks you know yes for sure and like it makes it so much better to do boring tasks or like house housework when you've got someone else doing it with you so yeah yeah I don't really know what I was saying but that's how I am in general how are you doing Lucia I'm okay. Um, not much has changed since our last check-in a couple days ago. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been really warm here. I did go on a really nice long hike yesterday, um, which was good. And I went on a new How trail. How warm is it? Um, it was, like, high 80s yesterday. Mm. Damn, um, and you went hiking in that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I went to a new trail that um, it was like a, it's like very overgrown. Um, so it felt like mm-hmm. I was like exploring the the wil- the wilderness with my dogs. It was really fun. Oh, and that's so nice. Yeah, it was like a three hour hike, and at the end there was like a river that we like got to like got to, um, and it was like really wow. beautiful and like obviously totally quiet because we were like hours away from <laughs> anyone. So that that's was really so nice. Yeah, rejuvenating. I went for a walk, a 15-minute walk today this morning, and it was mid-80s, mm. and I oh, wow. came back and felt, like, so sick. So I have no <laughs> idea how you walk for three hours in 80-degree weather. Well, I, yeah, I mean, you. it's, like, what I do because I 
do like, yes. like I you're very practiced at it you've got that good <laughs> <Yeah>. cardio <laughs> endurance <laughs> and also like um where we hiked because it was right on a river um when I got back to the car I like put the dogs in the car it was in the shade and it, and it was like cooler by that time um and then I went and jumped in the river oh my so. god that sounds so blissful it, it honestly was. <laughs> I did get a lot of stinging, ne- stinging nettles on my arms because I wasn't wearing Ooh. long sleeves. Um, and I was, like, going through, like, the bush. Yeah. Um, and so I did get a lot of stinging nettles on me. But, um, but then I got to jump in the river and, like, rinse them off. And so That's good. Yeah. Well, that sounds really nice. It was. <laughs> I need to, like, make myself do that more often because it's, like, available here. And I forget. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I had this, like... Uh, I was watching this video the other day that I feel like obviously this is a concept that everyone like probably knows about, but it's like the thing of like when you're procrastinating doing something and then like you just like scroll social media or like you watch random YouTube videos or like you do something to like avoid doing the hard task. Mm -hmm. And she was basically like, don't do that. Like she was talking about like decision fatigue. It's like you can't make a decision. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like it would be better to just take the day off and go do something fun yes and then do the task later than to just avoid the task by like doing yes. something lame you know <laughs> yes I totally get that like if you're gonna procrastinate make sure you're relaxing and not just being right. stressed about procrastinating exactly so that's what I did yesterday because I honestly had a lot to do yesterday that mm-hmm. I was feeling so stressed and I could I could feel myself procrastinating it because it was I was like just taking really slow time in the morning and like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm not gonna, like, oh, I don't want to do this work. And then I was like, then just go, like, go on a big yeah. hike with your dogs. And I did it, and then yeah, it was worth it. Well, that's so nice. Yeah. Um, this episode is kind of a mixed bag. <laughs> Lucci and I both <laughs> planned kind of random episodes that we don't usually do. Um, mine is like kind of a newsy episode. Um, but I don't know why I've written a lot of stuff about mustaches. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> We're going to learn about the history of the mustache um, so and talk about ukuleles and talk about <laughs> pregnancy during quarantine. So if you're interested in that, truly stick around. Um, for our Black Lives Matter segment, I have Instagram following recommendations. We've been doing a lot of history Black Lives Matter information sessions. And this week we thought we'd change it up. Um, and then additionally, if you want extra content from us, we have a Patreon, which is a monthly subscription for tons of bonus content, namely Talk Direction Down Low or TDDL, which is our mini Talk Direction episode. Last week, we talked about the 2014 fake leaked track list. And what we actually found out was that it was a pretty <laughs> legitimate track list. And yeah. the boys had actually written with all of the artists that were uh, named on the track list um and we reminisced about old songs and what it would be like to get these songs maybe potentially for the reunion coming up which is coming out or is is the day of this uh, episode right yeah it's gonna be really weird because we have to record in advance because caitlin's moving and we thought it would be better to like record episodes in advance as opposed to like skipping a week so we aren't going to actually talk about the anniversary <laughs> until like two weeks after it's uh, happened. Whoops. <laughs> um, yeah, because we decided I will take a week off 
um, when I'm moving and getting yeah. settled in the start of med school. Um, so Lucia might bring a, sec- a special guest on or just we might take a week off. We're not sure yet. Um, but yeah, so that was last week's episode. And this week we're talking about the X Factor audition songs. Um, this was a recommendation from one of the listeners, Steph. And I'm pretty sure Kara and I have talked about like their auditions before, but that must have been years and years ago. So Lucia yeah. and I are going to rediscuss the audition songs. Um, and yeah, just have a little chat. So if you're interested in that, go to patreon.com slash talk direction. And we love your support over there. So the first news story we have for today. Oh, let me also add that these two episodes are going to be like short episodes of talk direction. Um, just because we're, f- we're recording two in a day and I am so stressed and I've got so much stuff to do. So we're trying to move things along quickly. So while these might be a little shorter than you're used to, I'm sure we've got long episodes coming up in the future. All right, back to news. Um, Niall is apparently learning the ukulele. Um, in a recent interview, Niall said, I bought a ukulele. I'm trying to learn that. I've also been doing piano lessons on an app and just trying to get better at things. Um, I love that Niall, who's like a multimillionaire, <laughs> uses an app to learn <laughs> piano rather than like hiring a music teacher. Um, well, probably because he can't get someone to come. I know like they're doing can't. virtual music Oh, that's lessons. true. Yeah. <laughs> I know they are. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't know he was learning the ukulele, so I thought that was really yeah. cool. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what the ukulele sounds like or can't pick it out in music, um, Julia Michael uses it a lot, um, if you're familiar with her music. Um, the song Apple in particular, it kind of sounds like a guitar, but it has a quite a distinct sort of lighter sound. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that uh, version of, um, what's it called? Somewhere Over the Rainbow, not the mm. original version from wizard of oz but sort of the ukulele version that you might be familiar with um yeah and i was wondering if julia michaels inspired niall to learn the ukulele because she actually designed uh or teamed up with a ukulele company and designed her own ukulele and she uses ukuleles a lot in her songs and obviously niall and her are friends and have collaborated in the past and she opened for niall um so i thought perhaps like you know, when artists uh, design something, they send out promotional things to their friends to get them to like promote whatever it is they've designed. And I wonder if Julia right. Michaels had sent out ukuleles or if he had bought her ukulele to support her. Um, and maybe that's why he is learning the ukulele. I'm not sure. But that is a possibility. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering what you thought of the ukulele as an instrument and whether or not Niall will be using it on his next album or on tour, potentially. I really like the ukulele, um, and I can totally see Niall playing it in some of his songs. Um, I really like songs that are like written specifically on ukulele. I tend not to like when people do like ukulele covers of songs that are normally mm. written on guitar. Like, if I look up, like, I don't know, covers of a specific song on YouTube and someone's done, like, a ukulele cover, like, I tend not to like those for some mm-hmm. reason. <laughs> but, like, songs that are, like, written for the ukulele, I really love. Um, like, I when you you mentioned Julia Michael's song, Apple, like, I love that song. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's so perfect for the ukulele. Yeah. Um, and then um, one of my friends uh, plays a song on the ukulele. Which one is it? Oh, 
I can't remember, but it's also a perfect song for the ukulele. Is it a Vance Joy song? Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I feel like um, I definitely can see Niall playing it. Um, I can definitely see him, like, writing some songs that would fit the ukulele because he, uh, he has, like, quite a few songs that have that kind of, like, um, like either upbeat or just kind of, like, light uh, quality to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it would be a good addition to his, uh, like, tour, too, to have just, just, like, different stuff in there. Yeah, I totally agree. It would be quite a different sound, like, especially from Heartbreak Weather, which is more poppy. Yeah. I feel like maybe it would fit with some of the songs. I could well, and it on. it's it's very, like, what? 80s. Like, I feel yeah. like the vibe of Heartbreak Weather is very, like, 80s. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought you were saying uh, ukuleles are very 80s. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could totally see, like, a ukulele version of put a little love on me or something like totally different uh, i mean it would t- yeah. take away from the like the sentiment of the song but like a re a re imagination of it right um, i could see maybe I have to black look at and this white set list right now i mean the set list the track list to see if you scroll songs. down i've included it oh look at you i know (laughs) (laughs) yeah black and white black and white could be really could be cute yeah especially like he already has the acoustic version i would love an acoustic ukulele version of it yeah um even as like a duet he could get julia michaels to sing as well that would be really cool right um yeah i could even see something like still like a totally different version like a quiet A quiet ukulele version. Mm-hmm. Or dress. Yes, totally. Was dress the one that um, Julia Michaels wrote on? Yeah, actually it was. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, they should do a ukulele duet on that song. Yes, that would be so cool. I'm so sad that that song, I feel like, is going to just disappear into the ether. Mm, yeah. Who knows what the set list would have been, but probably not extra songs. I don't know. Or Target Edition songs. Yeah. Um, what do you think from Flickr would sound good on the ukulele? Probably a lot of the songs. I mean, definitely like This Town. Mm-hmm. Um, probably. I feel like some of the more like upbeat ones, he could he could do a ukulele version. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like You and Me. Mm-hmm. yeah but again like i feel like for me like when there are songs that have like really distinct like the guitar is like a uh, integral part of the song i like don't want to see it like replaced right. with ukulele so i feel like you'd have to like make new songs that could go mm. that could have ukulele in them for me to yeah. like enjoy really enjoy them yeah that would be cool to get some new ukulele songs i wonder if naya will put out like a quarantine ep because i've seen it from a lot of artists now like it's a thing people are doing where they put out yeah. like three or four songs they've written i know troy sivan is putting out an ep soon i think yeah. this coming week um well niall said he was going to did he say he was going to put out an ep I mean, he said he was talking about. It. He said he had a bunch of songs that he was look like recording, Ooh. like looking to record. Um, it well, sounded like he was. It soon. Yeah, it sounded like he would be. I know L King put out uh, an in isolation <laughs> EP. 
Oh. <laughs> three songs on that one. So it's like a thing. So come on, Niall, do a ukulele EP. Um, yes. I kind of would also <laughs> think like Paper Houses or Flicker, just like a weird upbeat version of them. Yeah. Could put like a new swing on the song and a new <laughs> interpretation. Yeah. So I, I would be down for that. Um, but I think this is really cool that he's learning a new instrument and maybe we'll see it work its way into the music. And certainly when you learn new things, like it's going to influence your songwriting and the way you mm-hmm. perform and how you think about what instruments you want on your album. Um, yeah. So definitely. that's pretty cool. I just remembered the song that my friend plays on ukulele and it's Riptide and it is Vance Joy. Ah, nice. I was going to yeah. say River for some reason, but I knew that was wrong. So I was <laughs> I was thinking Riptide. Yes. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else about the ukulele or should we move on to this mustache section? Um, we can move on. All right. <laughs> so the mustache. Um, on last week's TDDL, we talked about the mustache. And I figured we should bring it to the main show because the yes. news had just hit that Harry grew a mustache and Caitlin made me think something exciting more exciting had happened well no you like built it up I was just like okay don't go on I want to like talk about it on the PDDL without you knowing and then you're like oh my god what is it well she told me not she said don't go on Twitter and I was like as soon as you open Twitter you're gonna see it right but I thought something had happened well, something did happen, okay? Maybe you're not as invested in facial hair as I am, but we're making a segment out of this. Um, so, yeah, Harry grew a mustache. New photos came out. We're not really sure when the mustache <laughs> became a thing because Harry's been wearing masks in all the photos we've seen, so it could have been there for a right. while. Right. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um. But we've seen him uh without a mask recently he's been in italy and i think there were some pictures in london um but the picture that dropped was of him in italy at apparently what's supposed to be the best restaurant in the world um in the the, world that's what it said on this article i was reading it's like i have no idea i've never heard of this (laughs) um massimo botturas um ostera franescana it's italian um (laughs) so it's the chef's restaurant um and he's also holding the chef's book bread is gold apparently it's a zero waste cookbook it's like making really good recipes with simple ingredients Mm. um which is cool and so it's not just a fan which i think i said one tdd i was like oh it's just some (laughs) random guy asking for a picture apparently it's like a world-renowned chef he's in a picture with okay different story Uh, (laughs) but this sparked all caps the mustache to be trending um in the u.s and it was probably trending in other countries as well which i think is hilarious Um, yeah so what was your take on the mustache and now that we've had it for a couple days lucia i love it um as we talked about on tddl i feel like um i don't like the like 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 thin mustache Mm-hmm. Like when Harry's had just like a little bit of hair, like I don't like that. But this like fluffy mustache, I do like, and I feel like it fits his whole vibe right now because his hair is really long and fluffy. So I feel like it all works. Yeah, he's definitely got like a seventies vibe going. He's wearing the tinted sunglasses, um, blue jeans, belt, striped shirt, long hair, very seventies. Mm-hmm. 
I'm a fan of this mustache. <laughs> I feel like have fun with your facial hair. Like do what you want. Um, yeah. I wonder if it's just a quarantine thing or if he'll be keeping it for tour. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I don't know. I feel like he probably won't keep it. I think it's probably more of a quarantine thing. Yeah. I know people are definitely like letting their hair grow out and doing different things with like their yeah. hair, their facial hair. Um, because quarantine really means you're not out in the world much and you have a little bit more freedom to do it what you want or, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going into anywhere to get your hair cut. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's leading to more fun hairstyles and expressions yeah. of self. So I'm excited to see where this goes. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a really full mustache, which is not something we've necessarily seen from him in the past yeah so, i wonder anyway, if he this... was like just able to grow it like this yeah you know like I, I wonder if he's like been trying for a while and like finally right <laughs> finally <it worked>. <laughs> out. <laughs> maybe there's extensions on it oh my god <laughs> or it's like a, a full fake like stick on mustache <laughs> oh my god that would be so funny maybe he's doing it for like a tv part we never even thought of that like oh my think god yeah it's like for a tv role like how he cut his hair for his Dunkirk role. I guess it could be because I think some, like I think some, TV shows are kind of like starting up filming again. Yeah, or it could um, be a new Gucci campaign because he's in Italy. Oh, I really yeah. didn't think about all like the reasons this could be. That's true. I I, I could definitely see that uh, it being yeah. a Gucci thing. Apparently, yeah. Harry has a house in Italy, but like. I would think if he was going to Italy, he was also going to see Alessandro Michel. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I would gladly get another Gucci campaign with his yes. mustache. That would be pretty cool to get some high quality artsy photos. Yeah. Um, definitely excited about that. Um, but this whole thing sparked me to look more into mustaches and like the history of mustaches and sort of what they've meant throughout fashion history and political history. Um, And there's so much detail about mustaches and what they've meant over the years and what they've represented from things like class to race to, you know, sexuality. They have meaning. Um, And I was just reading this one article by Esquire and I've linked it on um, the Google Doc. Probably you can find it just by looking up mustache trend history esquire um and i thought we could learn a little bit about mustaches together here and talk about it um and talk about how harry's mustache came to be and sort of what it represents throughout history and why mustaches are making a resurgence now um in the past couple years um so yeah i've just taken a couple quotes and by a couple i mean a lot from the (laughs) esquire magazine and we're just gonna read them and talk about them a bit So I will start. Um, This is just one part of history and the mustache. Um, At the outbreak of World War I, to enlist in the British Army, you had to have a mustache, says Dr. Whitney. And if you couldn't grow a mustache, they'd give you one made of goat hair. What? (laughs) Apparently, you couldn't fight in war without a mustache. Oh, my God. Is that not so strange? I had never heard that. That is strange. Me either. And, like, to get one made of goat hair, that is... So, I guess, like, stick-on mustaches were a real thing, like, that soldiers had to wear. I can't imagine fighting a war and having to have a stick-on mustache on your face. Mm -hmm. 
seems inconvenient. It does. (laughs) Would you like to read the second bullet point, Lucia? Yes. Um... Oh, I got lost. Oh, there it is. Suddenly, hair was now... Sorry. Suddenly, hair was political anew. And as cool took over and the counterculture became mainstream, those politics got complex. Rock became pop, uptown started to meet downtown, and as the free love 60s gave way to the key party 70s, former hippies graduated law school and moved to the suburbs. The hair... Hairheads? The hairheads got trimmed, or simply said adieu. A mustache became a way to assert one's free past, but also to fit in. It became both a symbol of an older school tough guy virility, see Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson, as well as a refined way to express new sensitivities and creative personas, Sonny Bono and Stan Lee. At the same time, it became the aesthetic of the average Joe, mutating from the look of a foreigner who back in the day might have pushed Bolshevism in imagined bars and back alleys, to one of the American working man. This stuck around. Think of the only working class person we ever met on Friends. It was their mustache, mustachioed super. Well, that's not true. We also had Richard, who was yes. a rich, fancy, old man, older man. But. Yes. Um, yeah, oh, I read this wrong. The only working class person we ever met on yes. Friends. That's true. Yes. I thought they were saying the only mustache person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess like, there's probably a lot of mustache people. I know Chandler had a mustache at one point. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I think they all grew it because Richard had one. Had one. So oh, that's like, right. That was Joey a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought this was really interesting because what I was kind of learning, and it wasn't just during this period of time, but it seems like throughout history, mustaches both represent sort of masculinity or typical american man but they also represent something more sort of politically left than that right. so it's almost like the two sides of the political aisle a mustache has a representation right um, so they talked about mustaches being representing like masculinity and tough guy virility and like very old school um but at the same time it was also sort of a tool for hippies who had needed to fit into the working world because they'd grown up a bit but to keep some of their hippie ways and to still be like yeah I'm still a hippie but I had to cut my hair and I had to like fit in a little bit more because now I'm like working a whatever a job so I don't know it's weird to me that it represents both things because it seems very opposing to me and I wonder this didn't article didn't go into like so much detail about what the mustache's style actually looked like and i wonder if there were specific styles that would represent each type of group yeah well i wonder too like if if like uh the rest of a person's style like the rest of their hair and like their outfit like Mm. with a mustache like if that would change the right like you know feel of the mustache like based on like what else they're wearing or what they're definitely head hair looks like (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely that makes a lot of sense um okay so the next thing uh it said in the latter third of the 20th century that coding got even more nuanced as we looked west to the castro in san francisco um the castro is a really big lgbtq plus gay area in san francisco um as gay identify 
as gay identity and politics began to penetrate pop culture, we saw the emergence of the Castro clone, often wearing a heavy mustache, a reference to the working Joe. The aesthetic spread throughout the country. Simultaneously, the adult film industry added to the notion of hype, the hypersexuality of the hairy-lipped man. Yep, we're talking about the fabled porn stash. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you look at the doc or the article, there's pictures of um, gay pride parade in New York City in June 18, 1982. And it's so nice. funny because like, I could see that group of people at gay pride parades today. Yeah, if you told me this picture was from last year, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> same. Because like, the mustaches are really coming back, especially I've seen a lot of gay men wearing mustaches. Um, yeah. And I'm going to read the next quote, too, because it kind of goes with this. Um, so on the one hand, the mustache was aligned with the status quo, think firemen and cops, while on the other, it became shorthand and occasionally handlebar. For the sexual outsider, the swinger, the porn star, the gay man. In both cases, it can be seen as a unifier. Um, mm. So it's like what it means by seen as a unifier is something where people can look at you or you can make make yourself a part of a group sort of based on visual things. So like mm-hmm. for gay men to spot other gay men who probably based on things like clothing and other stuff and getting to know them. Um, but also like signaling your sexuality with your mustache and then also people like firemen and cops doing the same thing yeah (laughs) Um, again opposing groups right but both using mustaches as a unifier to like make them a part of a group and belonging so that's really interesting super interesting um and then additionally, the article talked about, because a lot of them were talking about sort of in like white Western culture, the mustache, but mm-hmm. they had a section about how it's not actually the same across the board um, for all races. And black men mustaches have had different um, symbolism and different sort of journeys. So they talked about that as well. Lucia, do you want to read the two next quotes? Because they go together. Yes. In modern American history, the mustache has been a consistency, not a telegraph of any mode of temporal identity for black men. It's been persistent in that it doesn't vanish for long periods, and it stays on the faces of public figures, says Dr. Peterkin, pointing at a modern timeline of mustachioed black men, from Martin Luther King Jr. to former Attorney General Eric Holder, to clergymen to actors, from Carl Weathers to Michael B. Jordan. It was common enough that it could be viewed as a grooming expression of black men, he says. It's not making additional Mm. statements of possible identity the way it is for white men. That's very interesting. I thought this was really interesting. That, like, in in black culture for black men, um, it's kind of more of a consistent thing rather than with white, white people who are growing mustaches. Yeah. It seems like it goes in and out of style and it and it's an identifier for what group you belong to, but it's not the same for black people and black people growing mustaches. It's not that same sort of identifier as to what group you belong to. Right. Um, and it's sort of more consistently been apparent throughout history rather than going in and out of trend. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then also the person they had interviewed, Dr. Peter Ken. Um, also said young guys like currently and sort of they were talking also about hipsters in general and I think they were talking about hipsters hipsters in like the early 2000s 
um, but also nowadays. Um, young guys are playing with being macho, but they're not really macho. There's a wink of the eye <laughs> when they wear a mustache, um, which I thought was funny <laughs> because it's like they're ironically wearing mustaches because they know they're not really right. like macho, like yes. whatever. Um, and I thought that was really true. And yeah, I feel like I could see that like in the queer community, but also like Harry wearing a mustache. It's kind of like mm-hmm. he is not trying to be like the macho police officer with the mustache. It's like right. a wink to masculinity, but also then pairing it with like a very, um, you know, pairing it with his other styles like painted nails or like yeah. colorful glasses, that type of thing. So right. It's a fun play on gender roles. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I was also thinking about <clears throat> when we were talking about how for black men, like um, the mustache has kind of just been like a typical, like, you know, consistent thing. Um, it just made me think about how like white people kind of constantly like struggle to like find like identity. Um, and mm-hmm. like, I think a lot of like white people like have, um like are disconnected from like what um like their culture like heritage might be um and like you see like a lot of appropriation I think because white people like don't have a sense of like cultural identity and so they like you know uh appropriate other people's cultures because they like Mm -hmm. you know want something to sort of like uh cling to in that way um but I feel like this just kind of reminded me of that of like mustaches kind of just being like a thing normal thing um for black men but then like for white people it's like this whole all these elaborate um yes like (laughs) different meanings and stuff yeah secret codes (laughs) wait are you a policeman or are you gay really risky either like which one are you (laughs) yeah um, all right. Well, I enjoyed that conversation about mustaches. Yes. I, I certainly didn't know. No. Um, and I hope when Harry wears his stash, he feels all the history of stashes from the past <laughs> on his upper lip. Yes. Um, if you guys know anything about mustaches or if any of you guys have mustaches, please write in and let mm. us know. Yes. Um, the last story we're talking about today is Gigi Hadid and Zayn Malik's baby. Um, so Keep forgetting we, about this baby. <laughs> I know. And it's coming so soon. It's very exciting. Um, so Gigi has been pretty quiet about her pregnancy so far. But in a recent Instagram TV or ITV, um, she was when she was talking about her Gigi journal part two, it's this art journal she's put together it's really cool looking where she's got tons of artists both established and new and they've come together to put to put this journal thing it almost looks like a yearbook with tons of art in it Mm. um she was talking about it but she also addressed her baby bump and why she hasn't really been talking about her pregnancy um and she showed her bump too in the video um but she said she didn't really feel like taking up space talking about her pregnancy when there were so many other important things happening in the world i.e. covid and black lives matter and she th- said that it didn't really feel right to um be talking about her pregnancy when she'd rather use her platform to talk about the other things and i definitely have to say i follow Gigi and she does talk a lot about um black lives matter and covid and she's really politically active on there which i very much appreciate yeah that's great 
Yeah. Um, but she did say she's been taking a lot of photos and documenting her pregnancy and will eventually share when she feels like it's a good time. Um, and her bump does look pretty big and apparently she's due around September. So it's definitely coming up. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's pretty exciting. We're going to have the third 1D baby um, born. Wild. Yeah. Um, but I also just wanted to shout out to anyone who's pregnant right now during quarantine and during this pandemic. I feel like that must be so scary and to have yeah. to go through giving birth during the pandemic, whether you're having to wear a mask through like a 12 hour labor or you've chosen to do it at home when that wasn't your original plan or like in order to avoid hospitals um, or whatever. Honestly, maybe you can't see your parents or you can't have a parent there when you're giving birth who you wanted because they're vulnerable. I don't know. There's so many different circumstances. But I wanted to say everyone who's pregnant right now is a freaking badass <laughs> and sounds like it's really tough. Um, yeah, for sure. I can't imagine. Yeah, it sounds like really, really intense to be going through something like that. And during the summer when it's already boiling out. Well, at least it's summer in the northern hemisphere. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And having to worry about like getting COVID while pregnant just seems like a whole nother layer i can't imagine yeah i feel like being pregnant is scary enough as its own thought uh but being pregnant where you're like where you're like i need to avoid the hospital feels really scary because it's like what if something goes wrong like and i have to go to like an overcrowded hospital yeah and even just like going into um like just your regular doctor's appointments and stuff and having to be like oh my gosh like i'm having to go into an environment where people may be exposing right well not to mention like um marginalized people who are pregnant like that must be it must just be like extra bad right now because i know like the medical field is like there's a lot of racism and like i think Mm -hmm. being like a pregnant person of color like specifically a black person it's like you know there's a lot of shit you have to deal with as it is but like right now it must just be like extra absolutely extra yucky yes so we are just very excited for Gigi to have her baby and we wish her all the best and that it goes smoothly Mm -hmm. and yeah good luck to Gigi and Zane and we're very excited to see the baby whenever they want to show it and give us the name of the baby (laughs) yes (laughs) um for the last thing we're talking about today is our black lives matter segment um this was inspired by what's his name why am i blanking matt belisai on his podcast where he's doing sort of a white person accountability hour um and we have been talking about um black people in history that you don't learn about um today i'm going to be recommending two Um, people on Instagram to follow and they're actually a couple so pretty cool Um, the first one is Megan and her handle is at body posi panda on Instagram that's body p-o-s-i panda on Instagram and she talks about body image disability social justice being mixed race Um, anti-racism and just generally her content is so like kind and calming and fun and um, 
I don't know. It's just, it's really nice. She's British. She has an accent. It's also very soothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, she just, I don't know. She, I followed her for, I want to say a couple years now. Um, and I find her content very informative, um, but also really fun. She just will sometimes do random posts where she's just like dancing around her room, dancing with her sister. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of fun content she has over there. Um, I just, um, and it'll I definitely... Just- Oh, sorry. What? I just went to follow her. <laughs> and I was saying this, like, <laughs> post, this post a couple down with, um, she's got, like, this pastel, like, blue and pink eye makeup and, like, blue and pink hair and then these, like, crystal earrings and, like, this robe. I'm, like, obsessed with this. Yes. Yeah, she does, like, her hair, she dyes it all the time. Different colors or mostly, like, pink and purple, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she definitely has got such cool style as well. Yeah. Um, it's just everything's so positive and really inspiring. Um, and she's pretty cool. And I think she's involved in like the UK political scene as well. Like I think she's pushed for different things to be passed, but I'm not sure about all that. Um, but yeah, she's really cool. And then her boyfriend um, is... Kenny or at Kenny Ethan Jones that's K-E-N-N-Y Ethan Jones on Instagram and he talks about body politics trans rights internal periods so people who are trans who still get their period even though they're on testosterone and sort of what that's like to get sort of an internal period um, as a trans person Um, He talks about intimacy, social justice, being both black and trans. And recently he's written a lot about the whole JK Rowling stuff. Um, So if you're more interested in um, like a trans person's response to JK Rowling, definitely go read his. Um, And yeah, I followed, I want to say I followed, I've followed Megan for a long time. Um, And I think I may have followed Kenny before I found out they were together. I think they've only been together now a year. But I'm not sure if I followed Kenny before. Um, but I have since been following him. And their relationship's really cute. Um, that's like, just if you like following people who are in relationships on yes. Instagram. Um, <laughs> I know that's entertaining for me. Um, but they just seem like such a supportive couple. And they're supportive of each other. Um, and they're both really political. And I've learned a lot from them. And they talk about their own experiences. And I feel like that's always helpful when you're learning about things that are political to actually hear from people who are experiencing how the politics affect them um and yeah they're just both really enjoyable to follow and i think they're cool so i recommend following both of them thank you i'm following Um, both of them now yay um and then for recommendations which i feel like i already recommended (laughs) um, people to (laughs) people i feel like i already did my recommendations but i have another person on instagram to recommend um, her name's Chloe. I may have recommended her before because I've been following her for a really long time. Um, but she's at Chloe in Curve. So C-H-L-O-E in Curve underscore. Um, and she is a sort of fashion makeup hair uh, like Instagram person. But she talks a ton about social justice, self-love, fashion, yoga, and dance. Um, blended families because she is engaged to someone who has a stepson and they're really close and I think she's lived she's been living like at the house with the stepson and his mom so like really interested in blending family she talks about 
talks about chronic illness a lot and <laughs> additionally as a bonus she has a really nice scottish accent which is so soothing like literally you just want her to read every audio book <laughs> to you because <laughs> it is really nice to listen to um and again she's just like one of those people that's really positive and like soothing to follow and i don't know just like that um I don't know what it is when you find people that just like make you feel like you can like take a breath or like relax when you go on Instagram um, and like don't make you so stressed out, even though they're still talking about super important political issues. It's sort of still like a reprieve. Um, Yeah. And then additionally, (laughs) my other recommendation is one of those pre-recommendations, which is Little Mix's song Holiday is coming out on July 24th, which is tomorrow for you guys. But it's five days away or four days away for us when we're recording. Um, But I'm excited to listen to it. I have no idea if it's good or not. (laughs) But if you didn't know it was coming out, go listen to it. Lucia, what is your recommendation for today? Well, my recommendation is (laughs) much more trivial than yours. Mm. Um, (laughs) I want to recommend an Instagram called Technicolor Toast. It is Technicolor underscore toast, and it is a girl who makes um, fancy toast based on, um, like, movies. Um, so, like, I think she, I think she, like, does this as a living. Like, she's a chef or, like, a food, like, you know, someone who, like, arranges food or something. Um, mm-hmm. But she makes these, like, fantastical, fantastical toasts. Um and she did like a um a Totoro one and she did a Twilight one um and she'll do like the like I don't know like the colors and like themes um Mm -hmm. from the movie but like on toast and it's just like very fun and she also has a a TikTok which is how I found her um where she actually like makes the toast um and yeah some of them are just really really cool and also like the ingredients she uses like you would never think to like make a toast with um but she'll put like flowers on them um and like i don't know it's just a fun instagram and tiktok (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if she eats them i'm looking at them now they look so cool don't they i wonder what they would taste like though i know some of them i feel like would taste weird but (laughs) also like i think she uses things that would like specifically go together yeah um because also like she'll color things so like she'll take like cream cheese or like cheese and like mm. you know put like dye in it so it like looks mm-hmm. interesting different yeah she puts a lot of flowers on them and they look very pretty yeah um all right let us know what you guys thought of this episode um if you have opinions on the stash um if you want to hear a song with ukulele from either Niall or any of the other boys um and what else did we talk about uh, I feel like Stash took up a lot of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, also the Gigi pregnancy. Yeah, shout out to anyone who's pregnant at this time. Um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. You can email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Go to our Instagram, which is talkdirection, or follow us individually on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Caitlin Iyer Foster, and Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And Lucia, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lucia O, spelled L-U-C-C-I-A-O-H. And then if you're interested, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash talkdirection, where we're going to be talking about the X Factor audition songs from each of the boys. 
Um, you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave a review to help more people discover the show. And you can listen and like on SoundCloud. Um, thank you so much for listening to episode 232 of Talk Direction. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Lucia. We'll see you next time for 233. Bye. Bye.